Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I am Kyle Fincham, and my guest on today's episode is Marcello Palazzo. I'm very excited to share this with you, um, so I'm going to waste as little time up front and get to it. A um, few things happen in here. Uh, the first is we're doing these ongoing jams every Saturday in New York. Um, would love to see you there if you're around or nearby. They're running all the way through March. Um, if you want to sign up for those, you can go to my website, kylefincham.com. Uh, they've been a great time. Lots of new faces, lots of familiar faces. Um, we might have some snow this weekend, so I'm looking forward to getting into that if it happens. Um, also, I just announced that we've got some upcoming Infinite Play workshops that I'm going to be doing in Europe. Um, it's the first two that we've announced of a, of a number I think we're going to be doing. Um, but the first two that are on the calendar and, and signups are available now. The first is on June 11th and 12th, and that's in Salzburg. And it is hosted by Movement Exploration Salzburg. Um, super excited. I've never been. I'm looking forward to uh, meeting everybody there. Um, just like the, the event here, or the, the events here in New York, you can just go to my website to uh, get all the info to sign up. The next one that's on the calendar is in London, and that's on July 9th and 10th. Um, that's hosted by the London Movement Group. Again, I'm extremely excited. Uh, I've gotten some nice messages from people who are looking forward to being there. Um, so yeah, again, go to my website, sign up, and you know, for both of these events, um, there's an opportunity for for early bird pricing if you sign up uh, far enough in advance. So um, yeah, just roll on over to kylefincham.com, look at the info, send me a message if you want to sign up or if you have any questions, um, and then I think in the coming weeks we'll be adding more to that calendar. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a great time, a very fun spring and summer on the infinite play front. That's what I got. Let's get to this conversation. I got to speak with Marcello yesterday, um, and I enjoyed it so much, I felt like I had to put it out today. I couldn't waste any time. Um, if you're not familiar with Marcello's work, let me give you a little bit of his background. Marcello is known for his studies of movement in a relationship with the environment. His interest in investigations of different artistic scientific dimensions brought him far and wide. Notably, he helped, shelp, he helped shape the face of parkour in Europe, got his Master of Science degree in Strength and Conditioning at St. Mary University in London, and was part of Ido Portal's team for three years. Currently, his body of work continues to develop, integrating in a coherent philosophy movement, dexterity, dance, urban practices, the science of strength and conditioning, and athletic principles. Through his teachings, Marcello wishes to improve other people's quality of life, allowing them to find their individuation and identity through deep, transformative work. I can't say enough good things about this conversation. Um, the last time Marcello and I 
saw each other in person was about three or four years ago. Um, so it was such a treat to, to, to get to catch up here a bit and, and, and dig into his thoughts and ideas. So it's a pleasure to share this conversation here with Marcello Palazzo. One thing that I always look in people that uh, I don't see for a while, I ask them, okay, what, what has been going down the road yeah, in, uh, in the last year? And if they tell me, yeah, same old, same old, I, I already know. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not, it's, they're not evolving. Yeah, we, we kind of feel like we have a, cho- like a, uh, we, we, we can stay in the same place, but the reality is that we always need to make a choice, right? Either we are evolving or we are degrading. Mm-hmm. And the point is, uh, each like both of them are coming with some uh, something that you, you need to take and something that you need to leave. Like for example, I don't know the path of evolution is going to come with a lot of discomfort and uh, with a lot of effort, but at the same time, it's going to give you a lot. It's going to give you meaning, and uh, yeah, uh, just um, aliveness. And then on the other hand, if you go down the path of comfort then uh, and the, the degradation in a way <laughs> then you you know that you're going to relax and uh, have a good time but at the same time you will you will start to get down the road of depression to a certain extent then obviously if you manage to keep all these roads in balance and you vibrate between the two you can get a bit of comfort you can get some evolution and that's how a, a healthy integrated life should look but certainly it shouldn't all feel easy all the time yeah. Well, I think that sometimes the, the misconception is that comfort is somehow synonymous with the status quo, right? And, yeah. and not realizing to, to, that, to maintain the status quo is a losing battle and it's very energy inefficient. It takes a lot of energy to try to keep things as they are and like hold the plates in the same place when, yeah. when we can learn to play this game that you're talking about the game of change the game of evolution right like that is the more energy efficient route if we learn how to kind of ride that wave yeah certainly no we uh, i learned to sacrifice stability a long time ago and it in the beginning it's what we are looking to have because it's the only thing that we cannot get in this life right Uh, but eventually over time you realize uh, stability is not is not the way. Yeah, even, even evolutionary, um, you know, Bernstein is talking about stability as one of the projects that nature tried with us as organisms. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't know, uh, the, this passive principle of uh, putting some um, um, shells on creatures, right? Uh, you would put the shells and then uh, eventually the predators can get to you. You're more stable, but at the same time, if you get something that is less stable but can control itself better, then it works better. And then, you know, like a, as a good predator, you find a way to get the head you know, of, the, of the creature that is with the shell. Mm-hmm. And, and, and eventually we already know the active principle one, right? Mm-hmm. The, this idea of being in the, in the perfect condition cannot be. It must be, we must nurture this adaptability and this exercisability of the system. And that's where we shine as humans. This, we need to be plastic, we need to be malleable. 
And the more instead we're going in the opposite direction, it's like, oh, and you know, I'm going to sit and I'm going to find this, this nice place which, which has all you have. You're not going to find it. So, and, and then the more you're staying in this vibrating state, I feel the more kind of offers you options in terms of change, obviously, and evolution and growth, which doesn't happen in the place where you are. But this is on one layer. And then, of course, like, as we were saying before, it's a give and take. So you, you, you need to work also on presence, on, on being where you are and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I think about it a lot when people talk about, you know, either being very logic and reason driven or being so far to the other side, maybe it's like trying to dissolve the ego or something. And, and it's a dance. It's a dance between the two. Just problem off. The problem often lies is that we have like these severe imbalances when we could have this really beautiful dance of like time traveling and reflecting and then kind of being here and then going back to time traveling and then being here. 100%. Look, I, I think we are very much um, bound to our Aristotelic logic so that if A is not B, B cannot be A. And this drives all that we are. But really, it's a very Western type of approaching life because in the East, they don't have this. You can clearly uh, juggle the paradoxes, like uh, being with your worst enemy, which is also your best friend, right? And uh, the, 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 not like, uh, like I heard a lot of, I have a few Chinese friends and they always say like, China is the worst place in the world. It's the best. it's like what's going on Uh, and and they have this just it's it's installed in the culture and i find this to be very strengthening in a sense of for in terms of fortification yeah like uh, of uh, who you are and we need to integrate that's one of the fundamental things that we need to do we need to integrate rather than selecting because this selection is kind of a sophistication that is happening through the mind's eye like the the neocortex and all if you want to call it this way but we, if you align to the natural state then you constantly are in this dance mm-hmm. I, I i hate and i love a lot of things and if i connect to the to the kids that are inside of me i remember this was like b- before I started to yeah, add things with my mind, my more, more recent mind, it was always like this with most things. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an healthy, healthy, healthy thing to do, to be able to juggle these paradoxes and to yeah, find strength in, in between this. I think about it, you know, you brought up kind of, uh, I've, I've never been to, to China or anything, but I, I love Eastern philosophy and there's so much of kind of like, you know, talk of almost being the interconnectedness and, and being a citizen and, and, you know, it's much more of like a collective mindset, whereas in Western world, especially here in the United States, it's like, it's individualism. And I think that like, we kind of see that in a lot of like everything, but in movement, it's like, it's a lot of kind of inward pointing. It's like for me and myself. And I think a lot about some of the things that you were mentioning about, you know, how does it become start, part of something that helps me be a citizen or helps the people we're with be a citizen? Is this something that you think about? All the time, all the time. I think, I think uh, 
also this idea of being individuals is something that uh, just a, a little part of us it's a, a microscopic part of us and we are much more of this and uh, to me the um like the the clear proof of this is that we exist only in reciprocity like we are strange loops mm-hmm. right and we constantly uh, interact uh, with the with the environment around us and this this perception creates who we are right and uh, right so that's why i started to refer to some of the things that i'm doing with the with these terms, like the four phases of movement in terms of the four, four kinds of basic relationships that can start to occur. So like the relationship to the body, the, the relationship to other people, the relationship to the environment, and then the relationship with the internal world. So all the interoception, proprioception, and so forth. And of course, if you nurture all of them, eventually you balance it out. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you don't, and if you just focus on one element, then you're missing something big time also because like in a way selflessness gives you immortality so (laughs) it's something that we had better nurture yeah it's the only thing that will really never go and the more we can connect to these trends strands present inside of us the more we become immortal that's why one of the in one of the ways of yoga they talk about this yeah the that that uh, you you can reach you know, higher states of existence by uh, becoming more selfless and uh, there is a nice conversation between krishnamurti and bomb in which they address this it's on youtube now i don't remember exactly the uh, how the talk is uh, is named but uh, bomb is asking krishnamurti what is the biggest problem of the society nowadays and he tells people are not selfless like they don't understand that they are interconnected they are too much into their own ego yeah and they're too much cultivating uh, their 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 persona which is something important but it's a piece of the puzzle that's it mm-hmm. i always say that it's like it only matters if you're kind of like uniqueness your your flavor your spice makes it into the soup Right. If you're, it's like if, if your spice is always sitting in the cupboard, like yeah. there's nothing happening in it, and it doesn't taste very good by itself. It tastes so much better when it's in the soup and it's a lot of like really delicious flavors in there with it. Yeah, yeah, and also when you when you're um, kind of creating these social layers, then you start to create ideas, values, and 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 then you start to build a net of, me- of meaning. For, uh, for yourself and for, for everyone around. Uh, yeah. And of course, on the other hand, you have the, the personal work, which is, we briefly talked about it, which is this individuation, right? So understanding in which way you differ from the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in order to reach the highest level of individuation, you should accept all the parts uh, of which you are made of. No, Jung was talking about the persona, the, like, for example, the persona is this uh, socially accepted part of you, right? And then, but, and then when it's illuminated in a way, it creates a shadow. And then the shadow, mm, ma- many people don't, don't accept it. They don't, they don't want, to, they want it to be there, right? But et cetera. And then you have the ego, you have the self, you have an, your anima, like your, uh, 
the, the person that uh, you love and so forth. And all these parts need to be acknowledged, understood, uh, and uh, the essences of which they're made of, they need to um, come out. Yeah, and you should be able to observe them. Uh, observe them, and by doing this process, you integrate them into your whole identity. And by the way, this is one of the main things that I'm doing also when I'm, uh, when I'm practicing for myself, is like going to meet so many different entities. Actually, not going to meet, as allowing them to come out in an active way, but allowing them to sprout out of the multiple scenarios mm-hmm. and then recognizing them. And by this recognition, you evolve like and and that's what i start to feel over the years my level of being uh, it's improving it's it's rising mm-hmm. what, you're, yeah. what you're describing is like a a really it's a it's a it's special but it's also i realize in like a in the world of i don't know judgment you know i th- you know sometimes people hear judgment and we often think of like judgment of other people but, you know, the judgment of ourselves is so heavy, right? And we start kind of like, we like to see the one side of the coin that's just heads, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you start turning it a little bit to that, like, darker side to, to the tails. And, like, there's this flood of judgment. It's like, oh, no, 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 to keep, keep that thing in the light. Um, exactly. So what, I guess I'm curious, like, how do you give yourself permission? And maybe how do you per- give the people around you the permission to be like, no, 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 like, heads is great, but tails tails is great too because there's no heads without the tails yeah no uh, so i understand the question yeah so when i talk about meeting the shadows i don't mean i don't mean necessarily uh, that i should continue to nurture them mm-hmm. in to the same extent as i do with the light mm-hmm. uh, like for example i don't know if i have a certain impulse to kill someone it's not like i'm going to do it right mm-hmm. uh, on the other hand i might want to add practices of love and compassion because i choose to do them mm-hmm. right but whenever the impulse is coming out of me instead of blocking it completely i observe it and i look what is there mm-hmm. i can say wow this is part of me and I can recognize this inside of other people, right? And I can recognize this as part of myself. So I, I, I widen the spectrum of who I think I am, right? So I give it permission to come out, but to the, not to the level of intention, to the, to the level of thing, the level of awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and then of course, anyway, we, because we are well-built, uh, in the in the night, with dreams, we go through compensatory mechanisms, uh, and uh, the things that we don't do during the day, we do during the night, in a way. So, and this happens a bit with everyone. But yeah, the, the problem is mo- most people just repress, 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 and they don't want to talk about it in any in any form and in any shape. Um, now, uh, I do believe certain parts of us need to come out and to be and we, sh- we shall confront them uh, in, in a progressive fashion like for example fear fear is one of the biggest uh, how can I say like the biggest obstacles uh, 
to making any choice uh, from a stable place. Uh, fear and honesty, in a way, usually, they're the two things that, that do not allow us to move for forward in what we want to do. Mm. Hence, a big part of what I'm doing also nowadays is meeting fears in different ways uh, and integrating them back into our lives, like being okay with being in the situation and learning how to let it stay. I remember Dudi talked about this is like instead of letting it, letting something go, let something stay. And I loved it. It's a, it's a great uh, thing to, to remember. Now, of course, this like fear, like any other kind of motion should be uh, explored in different scenarios in order to, I, to, to clarify it. Uh, for example, now I'm, I'm doing, I started a few years back with the work on the heights. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like uh, going into the heights, looking to the abyss, observing the relationship between yourself and the interception, the, 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 the sensation coming out of the situation so forth. But then I started to go into the water. Um, so the fear of oxygen deprivation, the fear of, um, yeah, uh, claustrophobia, uh, of being in confined spaces and so forth. So, and little by little, of course, uh, I, I gain more pieces about it. Like in, uh, yeah, I observe it from different angles and I, 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 I gain more pieces. So whenever there is a new fear coming up, okay, I already have the tools. Maybe it's a breathing technique. Maybe it's a, some, some other protocol. Maybe it's just a way I connect to the internal state and I give it a little notch. And, uh, but this cannot happen unless I recognize it I work with it, I allow it to stay, and I, I accept it as a big part of who I am. Mm -hmm. uh, like, for example, before moving to Vienna, I was full of fear, but it's just the, of course, like I, I, I drop everything and I come to Vienna, like, but not only Vienna, like most things that I'm doing, uh, who knows uh, what is gonna happen here and there, but then I know the way things go. It's just it's there nice good it keeps me fresh it keeps me you know it keeps me alive and i work with it instead of allowing it to stop me from doing things mm -hmm. right and and i think this is a big topic that should be addressed also nowadays with all the pandemics and this right people are full of fear of losing things or not being able to do what they used to do and but it, it, it should be explored and uh, it shouldn't be just, you know, put behind a, a curtain because if, it's, if something is implicit, Freud was saying if something is implicit, implicit, it will control you. If it's explicit, you will control it. Mm -hmm. and I, just, I, I just had, um, not too long ago, I had Frank Ferencic on the podcast who wrote Exuberant Animal. And oh, yeah. he just released another book called Beware False Tigers, which is a, a book about stress. Um, stress and fear are very like, they're close. Yeah, and certainly. he pointed something out that I just thought was pretty interesting. And I guess it's so simple, but doesn't mean simple is obvious, right? Mm -hmm. Is um, the idea that other points in history when we existed in like tribes or smaller groups or communities, everybody's stress was kind of on the same level right? So there was like a collective feeling of fear or stress. 
and it would almost change together if there was something that happened, right? And it's yes. only now that you could be, in my case, maybe riding the subway in New York and you can have 40 people on the train car and everybody on there is at different and completely um, extreme potentially levels of stress and fear that they're going through. And it's not a collective um, because there's no, it's almost like there's no baseline, you know, there's no real understanding of like when, when fear is authentic, like a real tiger. And um, when there are a lot of false tigers. True, true. And now uh, it came, came into my mind, this thing is that, you know, when, when we are listening to stories, when we are uh, listening to songs, music, we are playing together, we are dancing together, like all the heartbeats and a lot of vibration inside the body, they synchronize and it's, it's beautiful. And this coherence, it's one of our strengths, uh, like as human beings, and we lost it. We lost it in many cases by like isolation or in, in any form. And I think this is, I agree with you, it's a huge problem because we developed anyway as collectives and we, we kind of feel like we, now science gave all the, all the answers, but still a lot of things are in, in, the, in the, you know, like in the darkness and they're being discovered. Like for example, the power of being together with other people. Now, what can we do? Like even just to see here now with the group, uh, the velocity at which people are learning, it's a crazy curve, crazy. Like it's, I don't know, in four months they did progress. Uh, usually I see people doing two years. How is it possible? It's, it's uh, I remember there, there is a friend of mine that talked to me about uh, some work from Paolo Renati, which is a, a quantum physicist that is studying uh, these morphic fields. It's basically are these this, uh, fields of uh, like electromagnetic fields that uh, are explored in embryos. Right, so whenever an embryo is, is is growing, then you would have a field, and then kind of the matter fills the field. Yeah, so it's kind of taking the shape that the the fetus is about to take, and I feel to to this in in the same line when we are with people, we create, we vibrate in the same uh, energy, the, and and we we create fields, uh, we create communities, we create relationships, and things work slightly different. And certainly if everything is in a coherence better and if we need to deal with stresses, with fears, and it's a different uh, story altogether for your organism because we are not born in isolation. Yeah. I was about to say that um, when you're by yourself doing something, you really only have, your ac only have access to, as you said, your, your own strange loop. I only yeah. have my strange loop and that's where I've got to like work from and my experiences and my tools and my observations and my traumas are what get me through whatever I'm working towards. And there's magic through going through that process. But when you're with somebody else and you're, you're witnessing, you're getting pieces of their strange loops, right? In groups, you're getting new information and new tools and access to new pieces of consciousness and, you know, lenses that they're seeing things through. So it's like you're plucking small pieces that help add to your, your process. Oh yeah. Totally, totally. And you can see this all the time now with the quick progress of the open fields. You can see it so clearly, like uh, look at uh, 
parkour, look at break dancing, look at skateboarding, and things that the the kids are doing nowadays. Crazy, like look at climbing. You know, like uh, in the Yosemite, it's mind-boggling. It's crazy, like the the amount of progress climbing El Capitan in uh, two years first time, and then in four hours in the like after few decades. It's it's just because this uh, vibration of ideas started to spread more. That's the only explanation. So, in in the in front of this evidence, how can people still train? only by themselves or uh, just even live only by themselves and feel like they're um, fulfilling the potential even if they're just after this it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense it's uh, it's just something that uh, it's clearly coming out of some form of sophistication that's i I continue to use this term because uh, it's one thing that i noticed a lot and it's recurrent in, in my days, uh, sophistication, sophistication of any kind. Um, instead of connecting to the to the natural unfolding of things, you would intuitively know that it's better to be with people, no? like to, to put yourself a bit aside. But then kind of this, this other part of us comes up, crawls up and tells you, no, you're better by yourself. Yeah, like uh, you can do things in this way or that way, or uh, yeah, you, you you should be doing this or you should be doing that, and then the the systems of belief come come to play and so forth. And all this stuff is usually learned, uh, and is uh, it's some form of a social conditioning, mm. but or or a family conditioning. It's a form of conditioning of any kind. Um, but if you then reconnect back to your to your essence then it's gone immediately you will already know what's the best for you and for the people around and so forth it makes me think about um you use this word sophistication i like that and it's uh it's a kind of like a maybe this cultural celebration of knowledge right but to me it's like in knowledge is great but knowledge isn't necessarily synonymous with understanding right Mm -hmm. understanding is like maybe you can articulate it because maybe you read a book that associated something with the experience, but mm-hmm. understanding is something that that's like lived. And yes. when we celebrate knowledge so much, I think people are willing to like sit inside and watch YouTube or read a book rather than being like, well, you might not be able to articulate the other thing, but you'll have understanding. Yeah. Look, there are, there are a few things that you cannot sophisticate. Uh, luckily in what we're doing, uh, which is, for example, the the level of doing. You can try to sophisticate, and some people manage even that, which is like an absurdity, but they manage. But to a certain extent, if you're really looking to get certain skills or whatever, improve a certain capacity, you can talk, you cannot talk your way into that. Yeah, like you need to do things, and then the sophistication is out of the window. So this is one thing that I really love about the movement practice, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but I agree. Also, also knowledge nowadays became something very disconnected. Like uh, I had this. Uh, I always quote this guy. I'm not gonna say the name because I don't want to <laughs> put him in the mud. But this, this guy, it was a professor of mine of, of uh, respiratory physiology in the uh, 
in, uh, in my, during my bachelor in sports science. And uh, the guy didn't know one single breathing technique uh, and uh, he was smoking, right? And he was like kind of the, the, the worst possible person respiratory, uh, like in the respiration topic, like in breathing and all this. But he knew a lot of stuff. And to me, it always felt like what he's doing is an absolute sophistication. It's, it's, there is nothing there that I can learn. And I want to, even if he knows things, I don't want to learn them from him. It's, uh, it is it's breaking one of the codes that I have, right? If, if, you, if you're not living up to your words, then go do what you're living for, what you're living by. But uh, yeah, in my eyes, uh, this should be searched in, in any field. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's uh, even like other things that can be sophisticated is the on the level of being, like for example, improving on presence. Like if you're talking with someone that believes there's a higher level, high level of being because he knows a lot of things, for example, but then he's always on the phone. Like obviously it's not someone, someone I want to learn anything from. I, I would want to go and learn something from a monk. Yeah, that is, uh, or for example, yeah, that is living up to this, to his words or her words. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, I, I often think about, maybe I use the example of like, you know, the weather, right? There's like a, a meteorologist like knows a lot about the weather, but yeah. maybe you go and like visit like an indigenous culture or something. And a lot of those people might be able to just stand outside <laughs> and have this really rich relationship between their nervous system and the world they live in kind of a oneness and they yeah. can say what the weather's going to be and then you say well how 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 do you oh i just feel it i know i just yeah that's that's what it is yeah 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 100 mm -hmm. uh, is a movie uh, it's called the embrace of the serpent by chiro guerra mm -hmm. this is one of my favorite movies really and they they, they talk a lot about the aboriginal cultures and uh, you can clearly see the guy there like when he's talking to one of the natives, how he knows a lot of things, but not from here. Like he can sense and can feel and can, because he realizes he, he kind of is still connected. And when you're connected, you don't make mistakes. But that's, that's why to, to people, certain questions like, what do you feel? Uh, what do you want to do? What, uh, who do you wish to become? What do you believe in? And all this should be asked often mm -hmm. not to, to forget because even the, on the level of layer of dreams, like in terms of who I want to be one day or things like this, uh, you, you cannot be wrong if you're well connected to the deeper, deeper parts of the self. Uh, and kids are always connected, but then the more like, kind of knowledge is downloaded into them, and conditionings, the more it goes. And, and that's why when I meet a lot of people, I look at them and they are gone. <laughs> it's like, what are you after? What are you after? Why are you constantly complaining about the daily living, uh, complaining about this and complaining about that? But, but what is the 
center of your life what what do you believe in what right uh, uh, what are you working towards and how do you wish to fill your days there is kind of a lot of confusion in this and um, i feel one of the best ways to get closer back to your to your pulsating uh, center is to start to ask questions like uh, real exi existential questions and to start to build or be part of uh, a system of ideals uh, that starts to create meaning. Mm, yeah, and uh, it's, uh, it's a big problem nowadays with the, uh, and, and it was started, started to be uh, rec recognized like dec decades back with the God is dead kind of uh, proposition. Yeah, from multiple philosophers over time. Yeah. What, do, what do you think, I mean, in terms of existential questions and also kind of piggybacking on, on the discussion of fear a little bit? Yeah. What, if, what do you think of then kind of like the, the cultural denial of death? Because I think that they, they, they kind of intersect with one another. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, about death. Well, first of all, it should be talked about more often. Uh, more often, and we should spend more time with, uh, or at least more words with people that are closer to that realm, because it clearly informs all that uh, we are and we're doing in the, in the everyday life. And it informs the finiteness of our days. And, uh, uh, and second, I believe it should be... Uh, recognized as a natural part of the process we are doing. It's like, how can I organize my life so that it will culminate with this? It's like, what, what am I supposed to do until I get to that? And how, like, for example, in, in, my, in my eyes, going into a lot of the, of the internal practice and explorations into consciousness that I'm doing in, any, in various forms serves that principle. It's like, I want to continue to practice so that eventually even the final beats is going, they're going to be just the uh, final acts. And I, I believe if every piece will be done correctly, then it will feel like I've completed the journey. I, I, I have done exactly what I needed to do. Mm. Uh, and, and if I, if people don't keep the bird view, and they just go into their day-to-day, day-to-day, and then when they're getting closer, they will start to have a crazy anxiety, crazy, like, uh, impossibility to accept that they're going to leave the, this world and so forth. So, like, what, in which season am I? And what am I supposed to do uh, in, in the state I'm in? Like, uh, okay, it was, for example, spring, it's gone for me. So I don't want to do, to continue to do things that were meant to be my spring. It's okay. Like, uh, it's okay. I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, play all day like a kid without learning anything, like uh, without, uh, sorry, without um, kind of putting my uh, mind into one topic, let's say, and continue to nurture it for a long time and just spreading out in every direction. And, like, this is more, 
for the spring yeah now what's in the what in what's in the summer like i ask myself what now it's the summer now i need to um, to do my individuation we were talking about right this is what i really want to do this is the individuation in autumn things are going to get clearer i hope and uh, i will i will know by then like uh, what i need to do to conclude this process and then eventually in winter i will have to guard what i've done mm. uh, and then pass it on so that people can can clearly understand like the seasonality of life and then i go and uh, hopefully I, i will have few people to share this uh, this process with that they will continue onwards in their own life to do so uh, but it's important to understand that everything uh, is is bound to the specific period you're you're living like a, a certain uh, in the same way as as, as a practice same way as uh, your i don't know your your uh, everyday activities they need to match the the type of uh, of season you are in that's what i'm convinced in and of course i'm, I'm very much influenced by the work of jung because i've been reading quite a while uh, quite quite a lot uh, from him and it's uh, beautiful ideas and they really help you to put things into perspective right <laughs> so i i was i was going to i was going to make a really valiant attempt to add what to what you said but i just feel like it was so poetic i really enjoyed uh sure. listening to you talk about right. the seasons i think it was really Yeah, it was kind of this like beautiful kind of description of impermanence in some nice storytelling there. You know, it's like I think you we see it a lot there are people who are who are in autumn but they're trying yeah. to hold on to spring. It's almost like they should oh, yeah. be wearing a sweater but they they they're still wearing a tank top. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and that's and... it's a nice really beautiful way to put it. Yeah, no, just what, one thing to what you just said is many times also other things happen. Like people that never did their spring, they are going to try to have it later and they can't. That's why it's like as if there were some sensi sensible, time-sensitive moments to do what you need to do. And it's very sad when people are not allowed uh, to have, like to, to um, appreciate and enjoy these parts of life fully like uh, kids that didn't play a lot and didn't enjoy and didn't go to do adventures crazy adventures like without a single thought you know when i was a kid i was i was very lucky very lucky uh, going out in the in nature playing with my brother my cousin building i don't know all sorts of stick and swords and this and that and thinking about dragons and then at a certain point we let it go moved on into a new stage And, and still kept a super healthy relationship with these uh, powerful people in my life. And then I see people who didn't do this, then they're kind of trying to catch up now, but it's not the moment. So they will feel deprived of this and it, it will start to create some uh, neurosis, like some problems. And eventually it needs to be accepted and then people need to move on. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's not easy and it's, uh, it, it requires a lot of work. Um, Or, or as you're saying, yeah, like the people that don't, don't want to get old, 
that they, they start to do all sort of list liftings and this, and then they become masks. And let it let it be. Let it be. Let let the hair turn white. Let things happen the way that they should. And uh, continue onwards. Like how kind of how can I redirect this energy? Because it's always it's always about the management of this energy that we have inside, and and the point is where do I want to place it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, a, a little bit directing it, and a little bit also observing where does it want to go. Right, because in the same way as I I, I cannot direct my thinking in the sense of, uh, okay, what 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 is if I tell you think of one color, tell me one color, the first one that comes up blue right it's like why did, did, did blue come up it's like kind of an an association that your 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 mind did but it's not like okay now you imagine the full gamma of color like uh, yeah full spectrum of colors and then you chose blue it just pops pops out like everything else mm-hmm. so yeah. I, I think about um what you're saying it's uh, it's almost as if uh it's almost as if like you're an advocate for observation an advocate for awareness an advocate for interaction an advocate for communication and it makes me think about this conversation i had not too long ago for the podcast with yosef rusek where he was talking about not just hearing but listening not just looking but seeing and we we stop there's a in in the culture when i look around early on in life we stop listening and we just start mm-hmm. hearing. And early on in life, we stop seeing and we just start looking. And then all of a sudden we get to winter time, right? And all of a sudden, like it's so cold, we're forced to listen and we're forced to and we're forced to see. And it's as if if we didn't let those things go for so long, right? If we like continued to like nurture these authentic interactions, these authentic forms of communication over time, like the observing and the witnessing and all these things would would progress over time in this in this this authentic and call it natural i don't have a one hundred way 100 percent. look there is a there is even just in the spectrum of consciousness there are multiple uh, layers we developed in evolution like originally now we, we we kind of had the the same consciousness that we have during sleep so it's an unaware Thing, right then we became awake then we became conscious and then only in the end we became aware and and this came together with the the, the capacity to adapt and to uh, to change the meta programs inside the system uh, and if we don't get to the final layer which is for example uh, not hearing but listening and then from listening then realizing the knowledge that is coming out of that listening process uh, yeah we're missing something and in in uh, there is this um, beautiful book from uh, uh, feldenkrais this is awareness heals in which he talks about this mm-hmm. and he says awareness is the is the capacity basically to affect the system uh, and it's the not only you, obviously, also the world around you, and so forth. But it, and it's something that is very evolved. If if you uh, if you want, it's very evolved. Not everyone have, have got this, and it came together, as I said, with the power to adapt. 
like uh, certain uh, lower level organisms, they would have a strong imprinting, imprinting, and then when they grow, they're the same, like from day one to day 10, to day, you know, like 600, they, they're always the same. And they are this bubble of reflexivity and reactivity that is uh, happening, all, it's just happening all the time. All the, all the meta programs or even their nervous system are set. That's the way it goes. But awareness is the, it's our uh, magical power. It's our alchemical power. When we shed awareness on something, then we change it. We change that something. All of a sudden, we kind of can even change the synergies inside of us. Like uh, take, um, for example, uh, expo- cold exposure, right? In the beginning, you go out and like immediately you go out to zero degrees. Immediately you get cold fingers, cold nose, cold feet. And like everything is retracting to the torso. Yeah, like the blood is retracting to the torso. And it's clearly not something we want. It's a, it's a protective mechanism. It's a reactive mechanism, but it's not something you want to have all the time, especially if you are actually... In a, in a good state yeah it's not uh, minus 50 that you go out and you're about to die and they need to chop your hands off right it's just you're you're stepping outside of the balcony for uh, 10 seconds immediately the body does this it doesn't make sense so what what we would do we would start to place the awareness wherever we can place the awareness and start to change this this reflectivity again and again and again until the nervous system starts to rewire and uh, and so we are basically using the awareness to affect the lower centers if instead of doing this we just are in an awake state which means for example um, the, the daydreaming state yeah somebody would say oh kai Listen to me, what are you doing, right? The, the classic thing would happen in school, right? This is just being there, but not being there. Then one would add the conscious state, which is uh, what Joseph was talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that you just said. So like now I'm listening. Now I'm, uh, I'm observing. I'm not just uh, letting light come into my eyes. Mm-hmm. And then the final bit is to be aware. So you connect this to an internal knowledge and then you use this to change the meta programs and this is where it's 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 the real magic abracadabra mm-hmm. uh, made happen as i say it's exactly this i also i i've i've come to to think a lot about the idea that like we often place our awareness in relation to like the stories of our lives so how we've lived and the stories that have kind of built around our identity and our ego and who we are dictate where we direct our awareness mm. the majority of the time. And I'm, I'm broadly referencing this book that I read by Dan Siegel called Aware, um, where he talks about the, his process, the wheel of awareness. Um, and when we actually create the space to move awareness around, we can, as you say, almost like reprogram that, but also kind of create some cracks in these stories to open up our, our possibilities. And, and in a lot of ways, like for us to be able to move through life in, in a way that's welcoming of surprise, 
having more possibilities helps facilitate that, right? Realizing that we can place our awareness in other places, right? Not just where our stories have led us to. Yes, yes. Yeah, being uh, directed by narratives is very dangerous because like, of course, it's, you, you cannot avoid it completely, but uh, a lot of people are being driven by other people's narratives that uh, somebody has created for them. And uh, it's, uh, it's bad, it's sad. And uh, one thing that I recommend to all these people do is to ask for the badge, ask for the, the, the passport. It's like, where did this narrative came from? Ask it, like, where do you come from? Like, oh, wait, my, I don't know, when I was in the third grade, like uh, this uh, girl told me this thing. And then until then it stayed with me. Like, okay, so do you think it, it, it's, it's valuable like today? Like, it, does it make sense? No, but, but just by bringing it to, to the explicit realm, it starts to fade. This is the crazy thing. It's like, if you can place the attention in these implicit matters, then they evaporate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so surely, and then once you can observe the narrative for the way it is, you can crack it open and change it and do things with it. This is the power of language. The power of language, which is only second to the power of symbols. Mm. And uh, yeah, and and only second, only third to the power of experience. So we kind of have this uh, hierarchy we can go through, basically. But uh, even even our daily experience is not narratives. Is the, the brain is kind of co- constantly recreating it, but it's not reality. It's uh, we are just, and we, we can see this cl- clearly when we are doing, for example, a long sit meditation. You have certain experiences, but if you're not exactly there, like I don't know, of course, who, um, what is the level of the listeners in, in this specific practice? But if, you, if you're going really deep, there will be some moments where you win, will not be there completely to being absorbed to a certain extent. And then when you f- you come out of the meditation, you get this download phase. Yeah, uh, Forrest Natson is talking about this. Is a guy I'm studying Kriya Yoga with, uh, and and he's talking about this download phase that happens after uh, what, what whatever happened. Like, but by by observing that this download phase happened, you realize. What, there was a moment in which I was not creating narratives in the same moment in which they were happening. So you realize it's false. Like, and uh, and uh, then it can kind of clearly s- allows me to see also the day-to-day how my reality is being inter- like um, it's being created, basically. And yeah, you, you it's a big illusion all that we are going through. So once you start to realize, okay, so start to change it. Right, the matrix style, but it, it's really like like this. It's uh, it's the matrix. You you have control eventually if you if you want and if you have the right eyes to see, then you have the awareness to change. And uh, we have this power. That's the great news. And we are the only uh, creatures on the planet that fortunately uh, went down the road of. Uh, selecting this quality for ourselves and and uh, nature as we said before went through a million other possibilities and programs 
and projects that were discarded. But eventually, this thing of not being uh, stable, uh, being very incoherent almost with the possibilities that we, we have, having this huge uh, amount of options inside of us are, are the, the thing, are, are, together with the higher level of control, they are what we, what we should pursue and, and should align towards. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and it, and it, it kind of leads me to think about, you know, everybody having kind of that unique subjective experience, right? And, and the power to kind of, like as magical as words are, everybody can't articulate kind of their subjective experience with words. That's why like all the different art forms exist, right? So exposure to these things helps us grab on to like pieces of other people's conscious experience, which also provides those like new tools to see, even if it's minimal at best, like the little tiny things, but it's just little kind of, oh, that's, that's another piece to the lens, right? Rather than always kind of being, especially when we're coming out of being in boxes that are highly sanitized, it's like our information is highly limited, right? Oh, yeah. And then, you know, the, all the kinds of exposure help feed like new ways of kind of seeing and seeing the cracks in our stories and adding new stories or tearing stories down completely. And wh- wh- when did it happen to you, if it did ever, that you had, uh, for example, an experience of an art form or something that really shifted things around for your, uh, your vision or your uh, way to seeing, your seeing things? Did it ever happen? Yeah, I, I mean, I was lucky because I, I did stand-up comedy for 10 years. Oh, nice. And it's so kind of, especially when you're, when you're getting to spend time around people who are performing at the highest level. Yeah. Right? They're, they're really kind of taking everything that they, that they are and that they've seen and how they see it and mm-hmm. just it's not just saying what they've seen, but it's how they've seen it and kind of presenting it. That is like, oh, everybody sees it so different. Like we can all look at the same thing and we can say, like I said, blue, but blue can be totally different to all five of these people. Like we can agree that it's blue, but then in tons of ways, we won't agree that it's blue or what that blue is and means and the reflections and i think that that was over time this really like jarring wow wow like our eyes are are so different mm-hmm. certainly yeah no i i i can't i don't connect. know did you did you have a similar experience at any time at any point um i had yeah i had multiple uh, times experiences like the biggest and stronger were when i started to travel and uh, immediately things started to become so much more clear. It's like in terms of what I think it's the reality and, and it's the reality for everyone around me. Like when I go, I went to Japan, right? I went to, uh, all, I don't know, the first time I went to England, and then I went to Germany, and then I went to Spain, I went to here, to there. I started to, to do my travels and, and to Thailand. And then I started to 
observe their cultures and how much they were they were perceiving what was correct or incorrect or you know accepted or wrong and blah 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 so all their their system of belief basically my my system of belief crashed with their, their systems of belief and i thought i was even like a very uh, open-minded but actually i realized how much i wasn't the sense of uh, there is some that i felt like certain things were happening i felt a resistance and i was like what what is where is this resistance coming from why do i care about x y z no like and it, it really from that point onwards i came back first travels i looked into my uh, like into my uh, uh, neighborhood and i couldn't see it in the same way again mm. it was not, that was like click change and i can't go back and uh, that's why for example if you would start and and by the way i'm i'm not saying it as a as a bad thing it was the best thing that ever happened to me because the more i continue to open my eyes and more and more the the, the more the you know the conditionings and the separations and the labels and you now the judgments as you're saying and all this started to lift it's a big veil of absurdity mm-hmm. <laughs> but until you go and meet all these populations you will always be bound to this and by the way I, I will always be bound to the language I'm talking. That's why you're saying like uh, many times when we're saying words, we mean different things. And language is very powerful, but it's kind of the final refinement of the weapon that we have, right? And like, for example, in, in uh, a picture is a million words, right? Uh, in pictures and in symbols and all this, you can convey more and you can kind of, have a stronger, um, like a, a bigger amount of meaning injected into it. And, uh, and again, experiences even more and even more. And then layers and sublayers of this make up who we are. And if a person only lives up to here in the, <laughs> yeah, in the, uh, in this, in this very evolved brain, like this uh, very last final parts of the brain that arrived through evolution, uh, the, 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 the issue with not being authentic and being, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's high. Mm-hmm. That's what, uh, what I feel it is. And you can, you can see this uh, in the people around you. Like uh, now here, coming to the new town and being here, I can s- clearly see this. The, there are many, not all, obviously everyone, but a few, few people, like they clearly don't like that uh, I don't speak German, right? And uh, they, they, yeah, and, and I feel there is some uh, uh, racism, but it's just the natural, like uh, it's, it's a natural phenomenon that is coming out in multiple places. Like uh, many people, I don't know, they would come to Italy, to my town, I don't know, in Padova, and they would feel the same. Like, why don't you speak Italian? And why do we need to have this? constantly running in the background why can't we just accept a bit more and you know just stay open uh, look I, I the more I'm, I'm traveling around the more i feel i'm i'm a citizen of the world obviously like you said citizen but citizen what does it even mean because it's like really there uh, obviously it's naive to say but i would feel like uh, 
at least uh, let's be Europeans, right? <laughs> Instead of Italian and, uh, you know, Austrian and German and this, at least we are Europeans. And then little by little, we'll start to lift more veils. Obviously, this is not going to happen for multiple reasons. I'm not going to list here economical, political, social, this and that. But mm-hmm. at least as, as individuals, we want to start to make that step. Mm-hmm. Being more like one of the first things I would, I would teach if I had a son or daughter, I would teach them tolerance, number one. Number one. Number two, we continue on the rest, the situation, this and that. But without tolerance, you and, and the understanding that you're part of something else, you go not far mm-hmm. and you create a lot of issues. I think, um, yeah, I mean, you, you were talking about how, you know, language is like our, our ability to speak is like our, our kind of our newest evolution in terms of our ability to communicate. And yeah. it's magical because without it, you and I wouldn't be doing what we're doing right now. Right. But it, I, you know, often talk about how it's a, it's really a fraction of what we're saying and what we're hearing. And, you know, we, we talk about, you know, it's a, um, it's magical in terms of bringing people together, but it's also magical in the way it can be used to tear people apart in some of the stuff that you're talking about. But like, right. you know, if we had more opportunities for all the potential for nonverbal communication, you know, so much can be learned. You know, you bring two people together with different languages and if their nervous systems can have an interaction, <laughs> right? Oh yeah. It, it can be totally different than when we, than we lean into the, into the words and i'm not saying to not have the words but you know what if people what if people play dance fight then go have a conversation as opposed to starting with the conversation and then going and you might not ever 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 get to the dancing if you just start with the conversation (laughs) certainly certainly look i i saw this now i came back to to italy for the for uh, the holidays right and i went yeah, to, to the relatives, and we had a few dinners uh, with my girlfriend. And it was funny to see because the way we're living here, it's so different. Like there, many times it's just, okay, we meet and we have a nice dinner and we have a nice lunch and again, another dinner, another lunch. It's like, okay, but who cares? <laughs> like, uh, let, let's do something together. Let's do something b- bounding, uh, unique something that can really reveal something really reveal pieces of you pieces of me the the interrelationship that there is between me and so forth right it's uh, it it just um yeah it it, is once again the power of habits is uh, killing a lot of people Uh, and then what you do you're in front of the table and then you talk and you as you're saying we have this communication but then what really built the for example the relationship i have with my father with my mother with my brother my cousin so forth it was the moments where we did things like we went on holidays and we went oh do you remember that time we were uh, i don't know diving from the cliff and i almost avoided that rock yeah, when I entered the water and this, and then we were doing things. This is what bounded, yeah, bounded us. And I can still feel until today. Yeah, the, the amount of adventures and explorations I did with my brother and my cousin are immense. And we have a bound that is immense because of this. If we talked, I wouldn't know their name anymore by now. Yeah. 
like that's that's the way it goes so kind of and and we have instead this uh, this idea that the more you're spending time with someone the more you are getting to uh, know them and the more they are like uh, the more your bound is strengthening but this is very false because of course like for example even us we we had a, a non-verbal like a lot of non-verbal experiences and they were strong enough to create a bond mm-hmm. right if we just had a conversation probably not and uh, and and so this is also an invitation to continue to create quality time with the people around create quality time what does it mean to create quality time create experiences and and you don't know how to do it find somebody that can engineer for you these experiences and, and go there together right and uh, and little by little life should revolve around this because we get distracted easily by the daily pro- problems but these daily problems are absurd because i always ask myself will i will i remember about the solution i had to this problem in two years no so it was it's not important right like uh, i don't know i need to do uh, groceries i need to do this and then and there is something to do and clearly not priorities so why am i treating them as priorities if you're saying like uh, my priority is my kids and then you're spending half an hour with the kids every day it's not a priority so change all that you're saying and start to realign to to the truth and then again the system will balance out um i i want to kind of like propose this to you this idea because i think it's 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 close to here but you're kind of talking about maybe this is like what alan watts would maybe refer to as kind of like the drama right this is the, the, these are that we get uh-huh. caught up on the drama 100 right? and the drama is fine because it's like it's it's fine if we can if we know it's the drama when we don't know it's just drama we're like we're caught up in it you know and we're just on stage and don't realize we're on stage but if it's like we know it's the drama it's like okay well this is part of participating but you know aside from the drama and not and, and not that the drama can't bring joy but it's like it's almost people are living the drama and thinking that the happiness to joy fulfillment purpose all of these things kind of are going to be found within the drama when i actually have come to believe more and more that that those feelings are much simpler and they are 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 quite similar mm-hmm. for for most people um like the distance between happiness for you and i is probably not that far in terms mm-hmm. of like really what that feeling is and and at the core it's 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 like authentic interaction it's mm-hmm. authentic experience it's like with all of your senses involved in something and that's why people will for instance without winning or losing toss a ball around in a park and it's the raw feeling of happiness because there's your senses are alive there's a feeling of interconnection there's feelings of creativity and adaptability and and collaboration and like you know in in at the bottom like it's very 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 similar for everybody like those kinds of things right it's not Mm -hmm. within the drama Mm -hmm. yeah so and i'm thinking it why don't we perceive this as a priority even because we all had this experience why do we tend to prioritize other things like for example we feel um 
we know this, we know this, and we know we have, we have enough time in a day to do it, but we don't do it. We, we start, we rather spend time uh, spiraling down, yeah, negative thoughts or whatever it is, instead of doing this. Why do you think this is happening? I think it's a cultural emergence. I think it's, uh, you know, the byproduct of like highly competitive cultures that are, you know, built around, um, you know, like things like capitalism or something that is like mm -hmm. capitalism works by making you and I feel like we're have nots. Right. And mm -hmm. if, you know, that if we want to be a have, happiness is this very expensive thing that we have to keep working for. And every time we think we get our hands on it, it's elusive and it like slips between our fingers. So you have to keep working more and more and more and more. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I think it's like, it's the big secret that like, <laughs> you know, all the, the, maybe the governments and corporations and advertising companies don't want you to find out that it's just like, listen, if you just go and, and play with people in an authentic way and have like it, it, the, all of your senses come alive, that's all it is, <laughs> you know, certainly I don't know. No. What do you think? Yeah, certainly. No, I agree that the, first of all, it's a system of belief that somebody put on us mm -hmm. and it should be challenged all the time. And uh, the second thing is that we would, we start to react to the emergencies of the everyday uh, in a non-responsive way, but in just in a reactive way. So just, uh, I don't know, something comes, if, certain it's an emergency the thing that you need to earn some money to survive and it's an emergency that but that i don't know you need to find some food to eat but you are responding to uh, reacting to it with the with the wrong tools and with the with the wrong approach it's uh, it's too much uh, mind placed in there where it should where it could be placed somewhere else and uh, little by little we need to learn how to let go of all this and remodel it's like yeah okay you quoted some areas the one thing that i loved hearing him talk about is i wake up every morning and i look for the first problem <laughs> like they're gonna be there they're gonna be there all the time just find it and welcome it and then go do your thing mm -hmm. um because if we don't do this ourselves, if we don't go, as you're saying, go play and evolve uh, and, and get this aliveness, then we are not living. That's the, yeah, that's, I guess that's also your conclusion. Mm -hmm. uh, because anyway, the level of having, it's uh, so in terms of richness and power and all this, First, it will be striped away easily. Second, it, uh, of course, sometimes it can be, uh, and, and also pleasures, all, all these layers here. Like it can be striped away easily, and then it's the most impermanent thing. And uh, it won't help you on any other of your personal pursuits. Like I always think of this. If they took away all my possessions and they would uh, just throw me in the wood, would have I made progress since a few years back? Uh, and I, I think up to today, yes. Like uh, comparing to myself of last year, yes. And uh, that's why also I'm less scared of things happening. Like I told you about the fears of coming here or this or that. And then like, 
I can take whatever risk because I've got nothing to lose. Zero. Because the only thing I can lose is the lowest possible level, which is the level of having. Uh, and with the new heightened awareness and knowledge and capacities, like uh, really material capacities, uh, I can I can recreate everything else. It's just, uh, yeah, you have, you have the magic formula and then uh, they, they take everything away from you, but you continue to re recite the, the magic formula and then everything comes to life again, right? And I, I, I always love this idea of the magic, yeah, right? Uh, because then it was, when it was popularized in the, in the last century, it was always something very far, but it comes from very simple things that are true. Uh, like, uh, yeah, if, if I align to my truths again and again, then eventually I will be able to affect the reality. If I align to the truth and if I say the truth, then I am aligned to reality and I can change it. If I don't do this, then my words are empty. Like uh, I continue to say something, but I, I lie. Then people will stop believing me and I will also stop, like something inside of me will stop believing in the words themselves and they will not make anything. Like uh, if I would repeat to myself, I'm gonna, in, uh, in two years, I'm going to move to, I don't know, America and uh, work with Kyle and we're gonna do something together. And I tell myself this every day uh, for two years and then the two years comes like, ah, wait one more month and wait one more month. And these are the false promises. And a lot of people are doing this. The Asmanas, they're they're playing the deceive over ordinary people. It's kind of and but but by doing this, kind of they are creating an issue for themselves as well. Yeah, so uh, this is uh, yeah, and an, an important matter to keep in mind as we're navigating through our days, because otherwise we will just become uh, false beings capable of nothing. <laughs> that's the thing mm -hmm. and then the tool you're using to become a true person capable of everything then it's up to you to choose and that's the way like which way are you gonna pick yeah are you going to become a samurai you're going to become you know, like mm -hmm. yeah you're going to become a philosopher are you going to become an artist are you going to become whatever you wish but as long as the way is teaching this and, 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 and to me, I, I have chosen like our, my physicality as one of the biggest drivers for this, but I don't get this eluded. I'm, I'm not only <laughs> learning skills. Skills uh, are just a, my, a minor, a kind of a bioproduct. It's, the, it's, a, it's a necessary product, but uh, secondary. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think that's beautiful. And I, I, as you were talking about, kind of like it's it, it's more simple. It can be more simple. It should be more simple. I was thinking about a someone I took a class with not too long ago who said it's simple, but it doesn't mean it's easy. Yeah, certainly. No, but this stuff is uh, very hard. Very hard. Mm -hmm. Like even to be able to learn how not to lie in terms of like lying not lying to ourselves it's one potentially one of the hardest things to do because it means you start you need to start to accept 
as we are saying, the shadows, right? You need to accept a lot of parts of yourself that you don't, don't want to see. Uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's not a minor uh, issue at all. But when you start to, the, the good news are that when you start to do this, you, you perceive everything else as easier. Like uh, everything else is in a sense like every, every other action that you're going to have to do later on in life as easier. Mm -hmm. I, if I, yeah. And because I remember even minor things were very hard. Uh, yeah, it was very hard to stick to my words in the past. But now I can tell you something uh, crazy and I'm going to do it. I, I don't want to say anything that uh, it's too far because now I'm afraid I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to ask you. I was about to, I was about to call, get, get you to say one. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go to, to space. <laughs> oh, shit. And yeah. now what do I need to do? Yeah. No, but certainly, certainly I, I, I continue to say a few things that I, in which I strongly believe in. Like I will continue to travel the world to share uh, my vision, my message, and I, I, I want to help people understand what is their, their what is going to be their own way to develop. Uh, I want to open a, a bigger and um, like school of concepts for for the sake of helping. Yeah, and uh, it's it is going to happen, and I don't know exactly where. Am I going to be in the future? But this stuff, in, in my eyes, is huge. This, this thing is huge. I would love to be able to support more people, uh, even like uh, financially and personally and so forth. And I, th I think that we, we're starting to set now the layers to do so. Uh, and yeah. I think what you said there was, was, was really beautiful because you actually said so much of like what you care about and what you wish to do. And you didn't say movement at all, you know, like you, in some ways you were saying like what you want, you want to do things that kind of, you know, support people, support culture, right. Kind of, and it's not just, not just this one thing. It's like, that's kind of your vehicle to kind of present the other things. At least that's what it sounds like. And I think that there's, there's, there's a real beauty in that because I think sometimes, again, when we were talking about a little bit of like individualism, it's like, well, it's only for this thing or it's only for me. And you're like, no, no, I have this thing. How can I use it to like present these, some of these other things as I go along? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm a hundred percent. Of course I, I got the, the sensation from the beginning that you wanted to steer the conversation more towards the principles. So we did it and we kept sure. it like maybe if somebody was listening to us for, sure. I don't know where, and uh, wouldn't know what we are doing. Sure. <laughs> it would, would have really no clue that we are after movement, mm -hmm. but uh, I believe uh, this ingenuity that we develop through one field should shed light on all the rest. That's why it's happening. Mm -hmm. Like uh, in the same way as the pole vaulter initially wants to like, just learns to pole vault. And then at a certain point starts to improve the technology of the, of the pole sense of like it studies the, the composition and everything. And then at a certain point, he studies, uh, I don't know, um, uh, the science of materials. Yeah. Like he becomes an engineer. 
Uh, and then at a certain point, it goes to build satellites and blah, 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 and continues onwards its path. But where it started is these simple things. And you will never forget about this because when he built the new spaceship, and then he's going to go into the field, into the field of athletics and then uh, jump with the pole because that's what started it all. Yeah. And I never forget. I never forget. And I want to make sure that I continue to nurture the roots as I continue to evolve. And, and by keeping this uh, red thread, everything makes sense. And it, it becomes coherent. It becomes coherent and becomes powerful for myself and the people around. But if this ingenuity doesn't start to transfer, these wits remain bounded only in one uh, scenario, then you didn't have powerful things. Mm. You had just, uh, just something minor, uh, something that uh, was probably just a, a little hobby. Yeah. But if it wants to evolve into a way of life, it needs to transcend what you're doing. Man, I'm so excited that we got to do this and I'm so excited about what you're doing. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to see, um, I don't know, all the people out there joining your, your group and also attending your workshops. I don't know, I feel like, uh, like I said in the beginning, I see your name pop up everywhere and it just makes me smile every time and i'm just excited it's, it's amazing that we got to do this thank you no 100 i love it i love it and uh, yeah we can do it again we, I, I look forward to meeting up at a certain point really i think we could have some great sessions and some great talks i agree if people want to if people want to connect with you what's the best way so they can uh, find me on instagram and uh, at palozzo.marcello uh, there they can look up my website is www.marcellopalozzo.com uh, and if they want whatever info on what I'm doing they can uh, write to the info mail they're going to find everything in there and yeah and I, I'm posting regularly about what I'm doing and what, what are the things going on now I'm, I'm doing events workshops all around the world and I am uh, so coming to a theater close to you, <laughs> near you. But otherwise, yeah, like everyone is welcome to come join the school in Vienna where I'm located right now. It's not a physical school, it's a school of concept. So we're gonna, we are going into multiple places to, to practice. Uh, if, we, if we need a pool, we're gonna go into the pool. If we need, uh, you know, like a dance studio, we go there. If we, if we are outside in the environment, we're gonna go into the environment. We are not bound by one single place yeah it's just it's very wide and open what we're doing and uh, yeah so this and a lot of people already moved here in uh, vienna to do so and uh, otherwise yeah and they can study with me online there are multiple ways for for those who, who really wish i think there is, we can always find a way <laughs>